Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. I'm Rebecca Lawrence and this is Voices. In this set of interviews, I will be focusing on issues of inclusion, diversity and allyship through intimate conversations with wine industry professionals from all over the globe. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps us cover equipment, production and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. guys, I'm Joy Livingston and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com. Now back to the show. Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This is the Voices series with me, Rebecca Lawrence. This week, I'm honoured to be able to introduce you to our number one listener. Like, literally, this guy is our biggest fan, and we are his biggest fan, Slavik Kaminsky. Welcome to the podcast, Slavik. Thank you for having me here. Honestly, my dream to be one of the guests in the Italian Wine Podcast is coming through right now, Rebecca. So I, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm so glad we could make this happen. It's, it's about time. <laughs> So I like to start these conversations by asking my guest to introduce themselves to our listeners. So please tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're currently working on. Oh, about me. Well, first of all, uh, I'm a husband and father of two sons. One of them just recently became an adult, but being a happy head of the family is is my priority and, and I'm really happy with, with, my, with my family. In the wine business, I'm for uh, more than 12 years. I'm uh, the founder and general manager of my own company, which is called Mine Wine. I know, Rebecca, it's not grammatically correct in English, but uh, our logotype looks fabulous. So unfortunately, we can't uh, see it in, in the podcast, but it's easy to find it on Facebook on, or on Instagram. It's MindWinePL. So uh, I am really happy about the, our logotype. We are a small importer and uh, we've got three specialist wine stores in the agglomeration of Poznań on the western part of our country. And uh, I'm at the end of the negotiation process with uh, another fourth place. And I hope the next week contract will be signed and I'll be able to announce it officially. One of our, uh, of our wine store is with the wine bar and the tasting room. So it's a great place to organize some uh, wine events and tasting and, uh, and etc. As, as I mentioned, we are, we are an importer and we've got uh, wines from all over the world in our selection. But the main part are, are Italian wines. It's uh, 30-35% and our main strategy is uh, to cooperate with uh, small familiar producers of course we work also with uh, some bigger some cooperatives or something like that but the quality of wines is uh, the most important thing and I, I always try to find a business partner uh, who are on the same level as we are cool friendly people with uh, great wines reasonable prices and I think that our clients appreciate it the, the most. And, but of course, uh, you have to know, Rebecca, that running a wine business in Poland, it's extremely difficult. And I would not have been able to, to, do, uh, to do it without my great team. And 
thanks God, I meet a wonderful people. Of really, they create such an atmosphere that our customers uh, wants to to come back uh, to us. So, I'm I'm really happy about uh, my wine business because also it's a mix of business and and the passion. Uh, I can say that I'm also a managing director of uh, digital commerce in one of the biggest companies selling consumer electronics in Poland. And I'm the president of the board of the company, which is a publisher of the internet portal about the new technologies. So lots of things to do. How, how do you ever find time to enjoy wine when you're doing all of this? Uh, it's, it's not easy. Uh, it's not easy, but I always find the time to, to drink a good wine with, with my friends and with my family. So I'm going to come back to the Polish market in a little bit because I want to I want to tap your experience and your expertise uh, and guide our listeners through a little bit about the market. But first of all, I want to congratulate you because you are officially a Vanitaly International Academy ambassador, having passed in Verona. So how does it feel and, and what has this community brought you? Wow, honestly, I still can't believe it. It really happened. And I can say that I am Italian wine ambassador and I've got this beautiful shirt with the uh, with the Santa. And, you know, it's fantastic to know that uh, you are in, in a group of people with uh, an extremely high level of knowledge. But on the other hand, it's good to know that uh, you are not alone with your craziness about Italian wines. And, but uh, there are other people in the world who share this craziness. Uh, so it's great. Of course, I'm, I'm joking, but, but you, you have to admit, Rebecca, that it's a bit crazy to spend so much time preparing for the exam. It's uh, uh, there is so much information to learn and so many details and so many nuances in the Italian wine world. And, and of course, each of us works, uh, runs a business, has families and kids. And, you know, I remember when I was going to Verona, my wife took me to the airport and said, go to this exam. And it doesn't matter if you pass it or not, because I want to return to normal life, meet friends, uh, watch a series on Netflix with you and finally have a drink of wine with you and not that you always split it because we're just drinking a wine. And I was laughing that in the last two months before the exam, I spent more time with Sarah Heller watching her online lecture than with my wife. You know, it's crazy. But but of course, to be a part of the VIA community is something extraordinary. And and this is amazing organization. And I, it's absolutely fantastic group of people. And I I'm very proud to be a part of it. I feel like your wife needs to commiserate over a glass of wine with my husband because he said exactly the same thing when I came to Verona. <laughs> he just, he had lost me. He lost me for the two months before the exam. He's like, I always with a head in your books, just tasting wine, not enjoying wine, constantly talking about these strange grapes with crazy names that no one's ever heard of about soil types and biotypes and he's like i just i just want you back <laughs> yes exactly you know uh, this is a, this is a huge austerity for the people who, who lost the most from it are our, our, our loved ones yeah because we can't not quit our job a, a business must go on so the time that we normally spend with families or, or the friends, we must spend on learning. So it's, um, yeah, this is the consequences. But we are crazy. Yeah, yeah completely. So, so why are you crazy about Italian wine? What is it about Italian wine in particular that excites and inspires you? If I were to 
capture in, in the one word, uh, which, is not an, which is not easy, I would say it's diversity. Almost every region uh, in Italy, it's like a separate country, which of course is due to many factors, the history, geography, the climate, the landscape, uh, etc. But this diversity is so huge that Although I can say that I already know something about Italian wines, I am the Italian wine ambassador. I passed the exam of Italian wine scholar with uh, uh, highest honor. But I, I really have the impression that I'm still at the beginning of the road. It's so many things to, to discover in, in Italy. And it's, uh, you know, for me, uh, wine is not just a drink. It's not just a beverage. It's, uh, for me, wine is always a piece of uh, history. The man who created and the place where it was born. So when I take it in bottle, I try to look deeper where it was created, why is the way that it is, and what is the context, and what is the story. And Italy is so fascinating that it has a thousand of such a micro places to discover. And this journey is endless. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to my next trip to Italy, discover some more places and meeting more wonderful people and, and taste more wine. There's, there's always a new grape to taste. Always. Yeah, always. Uh, exactly. It's, you know, but... Apart from, from everything else, for me, Italy is also the most beautiful place. And Italian food is the best in the world. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I moved here for exactly that reason. <laughs> yes, I, I can't imagine. So one of the things that you did last year was a fantastic session at Wine to Wine, the business forum, giving insight into the market in Poland, which I think many of our audience hadn't really thought about before. Now, for those of our listeners who might have missed that session, I wondered if you could talk a little bit about the wine scene in Poland and particularly about the Italian wine market and, and whether it's popular in Poland and, and how you perceive its future. You know, Rebecca, we've got very strong relations between Italy and Poland. And Italy is the most popular destination for travel, for holidays, for city breaks and uh, also Italian cuisine it's the most popular in our country and I can say that Polish people love uh, Italians and, and everything is Italian. All these aspects means that Italian wines in, in terms of popularity and the sales volumes are for example ahead of wines from Spain or, or, or from France. Of course we, we must be aware that the average model of the wine consumption in Poland is significantly different from that it's uh, in Italy or the, the Mediterranean countries. People in Poland Poland drink wines very often without eating, you know, just to enjoy, just to relax after the hard day's work, uh, during meeting with friends, and not necessarily during a, f a big five-course dinner like, like in Italy. Uh, so it's quite natural that for them to look and, and, and to choose wines uh, that are not too tannic with uh, less acidity. So, for example, the style of wines from Puglia, from Sicily, or Prosecco Extra Dry, it's uh, very good for the average Polish taste. But on the, on the other hand, we also uh, see a trend in which uh, slightly more uh, demanding wines, uh, such as Nebbiolo or Alianico, are also becoming more and more popular because the taste of the Polish customers uh, evolved. This is another benefit of uh, such a great diversity of Italian wines, because we can offer a primitivo to a client who is just beginning of, uh, to discover the world of wines, and then step by step, uh, lead him through the wines in the style like Apacimento or Ripasso, 
And as he wants to continue to look uh, something stronger, some more experiences, give him Nebbiolo or Arianico. And this is a great opportunity to have so many different wines to offer to a different group of people, people who love Italy and Italian products. So for us, with uh, our portfolio, we, we've got something to offer the beginners, uh, the people who are in the middle uh, of the way, and also some uh, advanced uh, customers. So other countries don't have this uh, opportunity. So it's great. I think as well, like you say, this connection with the interest in tourism is vital because like you say, it, it is such a, Italy is such a popular destination for people going on a break from Poland that you automatically have that market when people return. So you are ready with the wines that maybe they've tasted whilst they've been traveling in your shops, in your, in your Enoteca, in your bar. Yes, exactly. It's, uh, you know, now it's uh, so many flight connections between the cities in Poland and the, and the cities in, in Italy. It's, it's not only, only Rome, but it's, uh, it's also Bologna, it's also Bari, it's uh, also Treviso. It's, uh, now we are in the reality that uh, we are closer. Yeah? So before COVID, I know that one million of Polish people traveled to, to Italy. So it's, wow. Yeah. That's huge numbers. It's a huge number, yes, really. So I know you're also very interested in wine education, not just taking courses, but leading courses, and you want to bring more of it into your home market. What kind of courses do you think would be useful? Uh, what are your clients looking for in terms of their wine education? Is it formal courses or is it more kind of informal, just tasting, like you say, running it out of the bars? Tell you honestly, Rebecca, that I love teaching about wines and uh... This is my calling and, and my destiny. And this is what I want to do at the end of my business career. I think that wine education in our country has a great future. As we already talked, many people want to consume more consistently as the quality of life increases in, in, in Poland. And wine has become a part of, uh, of the lifestyle, especially for the middle class people. And they have the opportunity to develop. They um, want to explore new places. They travel a lot, as we, uh, as we agreed. They want to buy high-quality products. And they want, want to know as much as possible about them. And this is a market trend and that we also uh, used. And, and we want to use more and more to develop our wine business by the educational part. So and in every, in every aspect of, of courses, some... Uh, Entry level, in intermediate learning about the wines, something uh, deeper, focus only on one country or only one, on one appellation or one region. It's, it's a huge potential. I, I, I think that ed wine education uh, will be increased year by year in, in our country. And I happen to know that you are probably going to be a very significant part of that because I know you're already working on ideas. So I'm very excited to see what, what happens in the next year or so for your wine education journey. Yeah, no, I have to tell you that tomorrow and the day after tomorrow, uh, I'll be the host of the masterclass about the Bollicine Italiane. And I'm doing the preparing the presentation for this. And we will discover with my customers 10 different sparkling wines of, from Italy, from different parts. It will be, of course, Franciacorta, it will be Prosecco, it will be Rambrusco, it will be Alta Langa, it will be Durello Lessini. Uh, will be Oltre Popavese, wines which are completely unknown in our country. And, and this is my mission to, uh, to introduce it to, to, to my customers. I, I want to come. That sounds like the perfect way to send, spend a Friday. 
Yeah, yeah, Rebecca, you're more than welcome. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be booking my ticket. <laughs> yes, let's check the flight connections. So before I go and check my flight connections, I still have questions. <laughs> you're obviously a specialist in online and digital marketing as well. Uh, and last year, there's been a huge shift of the wine world online. Is there anything in particular that you've seen that's been very effective or are there things maybe that you've seen that haven't worked? What's your experience been watching this happen in the last year? Hmm. This is not an easy question. Um, of course, thanks to the transfer of almost all our activities to online, we survived the lockdowns. We, we, we managed. But with all the benefits and advantages of the digital world, I think that we uh, also started to notice its disadvantages. Now I will speaking more like someone with sociological academic backgrounds, <laughs> but you know, man was and will be always a social being. We need a contact and we need the interaction with another person, physical contact. And even the highest quality solutions and tools for distance communications will not replace it. As a, as a human being, we need the sensual experiences, uh, you know, especially, especially in our wine uh, industry. You can't do uh, everything with a small size sample, sample bottles. You know, it, in, in my opinion, there is no return to pre-COVID reality anymore because many companies have uh, noticed a large uh, financial savings, uh, for example, due to the cancellation of events, the business trip, the tickets, the hotels, etc. But on the other hand, we can observe a progressive disintegration of teams, problems with the teamwork, especially where interpersonal relations are of uh, key importance. So I can tell you that I really appreciate all these online solutions and tools. And I'm laughing that I use probably all the communications platform which are available on the market, but I'm already looking forward to the return to the to the wine spurs, the direct meetings with producers, the wine trips, uh, because this is the essence of our business. You know, uh, Rebecca, what... Fragrance is, is my favorite. The, the smell when you are in the wine cellar and you enter a room that in Italy is called barricaia. It, it's the mix of uh, woods, of wine, which is sleeping in the barrels uh, and the humidity in the cellar aromas. This is, uh, I love it. And, and this is the unique experience and it's impossible to experience online. So I can't wait for when the, when the world will be open and we will be able to travel and to to visit the, the all these uh, the great places. You just completely transported me back to a wine cellar describing that mix of smells. And I, I think you're completely right. I've, I've appreciated so much the efforts people have made to move things online, um, particularly education. It's kept me teaching uh, in a year that, I, you know, I was incredibly worried that I wouldn't have contact with students. But... It just cannot substitute that in-person experience in the classroom, in the winery. And I love that I've been able to be connected with producers all over the world in ways that maybe I wouldn't have been able to without going there. But it just makes me want to go there even more and have those experiences again. Yes, exactly. You know, I can tell you that we survived the, the COVID period thanks to the, the online activities and my customers really appreciate it. And and. It, it was not the, the activities that increase our selling, but my, many of my customers told me that uh, thanks what, for the job that you do for us because it helps us to survive. To, it's a 
piece of the normality in this innormal situation. So it was it was great, but I think that all of us can't wait to to back to the normal life and and to direct contact. And speaking of that direct contact, I happen to know that you did take a little bit of time after your trip to Verona to explore some wineries. Um, I was wondering if there were any in particular that you visited that really stood out to you. Um, an experience that you'd like to share with us from your recent travels in Italy? You know, my last uh, trip to, to Italy was uh, not focused on uh, on wines because I was with my friends and with my family and I focused to spend the time with them after my two months with Sarah and Henry. So, uh, but, you know, it was it was uh, one great experience because during our, our stay in some villa in, in Bulgaria, Three of my suppliers visited us and we spent a great evening together, played on the guitar, drank a lot of wines and singing a song in, in Italian and in, in Polish uh, and had an absolutely fantastic uh, time. And I really appreciated that three of my suppliers, one is from Veneto, one is from Tuscany, and the third one is Michele Schenza from, from Bulgaria. He visited us with his wife and 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 it was great. So it was not the experience in the cellar on in the winery, but it was experience with my with my partners, and I can say also with my Italian friends, because my business partner are not only uh, a business partner but also a friends. So it's it was great. That really sums up for me one of the great things, not only about wine but particularly about the Italian approach to wine that. It isn't just something you you geek out about and you consume. It's family, it's friends, it's spending an evening together. And I love how you managed to bring your family, your friends, your, your clients all together in one space for just a convivial evening of sharing together. Yes, exactly. And I really appreciated that they decided to visit us because I only sent them the information that I'll be I'll be there. But uh, after two days, they gave me the information. Okay, I, I, I'll be there with you. So. so I have to ask you a podcast question before we wrap up. Given you are our number one listener, I want to know how you found the Italian Wine Podcast. And of course, I have to ask if you have a favorite episode. You know, my favorite podcasts are the ones from the Italian Wine Essential series. So uh, I can say that my favorites are both the Montes, because uh, he interviewed Professor Scienza, and Yo, Rebecca, because it's your voice with your lovely British accent I listen to. So these podcasts of the Italian wine grapes, the interviews with Professor Scienza are, are my favorite. And I discovered the Italian wine podcast while, while preparing for the ambassador exam two years ago. I realized uh, how helpful it could be. You know, podcasts have the great ad advantage of being a great complementary tool uh, in the learning process. When I was preparing for the exam, I worked in such a way that I was learning uh, region by region. And I read about the history, the grape varieties, all the disciplinare of DOC and DOCG, tasted wines from this region. And at the same time, during the day, while uh, driving a car or in the evening before uh, falling asleep, 
I listened to all the interviews with the producers from this particular region on which I was concentrating at that moment. And, and, and it was great. I think also the, the listening to podcasts is uh, very important and useful for us, people who are not native English speakers, because it has a positive effects of our language competences. And and this is some added value of, of the podcast. Um, I completely agree. It was exactly how I studied for VIA, the same way, listening, listening to the podcasts. Whilst you're doing something else in time where maybe you can't be at your books, like walking to work, doing a stock take, all of that kind of stuff, you can constantly have this information with you. And for me, listening to Shenza in Italian, as well as doing the transcripts has really helped me with my Italian. So I completely agree. They're a fantastic tool. And as you know, I'm a huge podcast fan. <laughs> I have to be. Yes, yes. I, I know. And I shared your, your craziness about it. So to wrap up our interview, I have to ask, what's next for you in your Italian wine journey? Oh, uh, at the beginning of September, I am returning to Italy for a few days for such a short trip with my wife. We'll be alone without the kids. So I hope that we will visit more wineries. Uh, we will start in Campania, which I have uh, never seen before. So I, I can't wait for, uh, for this trip. I've got some uh, new producers to introduce to our portfolio. Uh, we will start with uh, new Etna wines, probably the second part of September. Also some uh, producers from Lazio and Trentino are on our shortlist, and I hope that it will happen in October. I'm thinking of uh, doing uh, something like a Toscan Mine Wine Festival for my clients in November, after the harvest, of course. I would like to invite all my Toscan suppliers. The idea was born during my trip to Bulgaria. I, I hope the COVID situation will, will make it possible for us, and, and we will see. But I hope it, it will be possible to, to organize. And for sure, after the holidays, and we will starting strongly our uh, our educational project. So this is this is the plan for. And I hope, of course, the new new wine store with the wine bar will happen also this autumn. Lots of things to keep you busy over the summer. Oh yeah. Well, you know, I love it. I love when everything is on fire. You have exactly my same level of crazy. I think that's why we connect so well. Yeah. Slavik, thank you so much for joining me finally on the Italian Wine Podcast today. It's it's just such an honor to have you on. Where can our listeners find you online or on social media? First of all, thank you, Rebecca. As I told you at the beginning of our conversation, we made my dream come true today. So it's a fantastic experience for me. And, and you are a really good interviewer. And it's an honor also for me. So thank you so much for the invitation. And it's absolutely no problem to find me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. I'm present on all these platforms uh, personally and of course our listeners can also find me by my company brand which is Mindwine PL. So hopefully all of our listeners are about to do what I'm going to do which is check the regulations, check the flights and see if I can get to Poland to come and drink a glass of wine with you. Yes, you are more than welcome, Rebecca. And also all our listeners are more than welcome. Our country is really beautiful. And my suppliers who visited us first time is always the same that uh, even not expected Poland is so beautiful and it's so great place to visit. So you are more than welcome. I'm, I'm getting online. I'm looking at tickets. I've, I've got a visit. Yes, please do it. Thank you to everyone for listening. 
listening. Don't forget to follow us on social media, subscribe, and of course you can donate on the website to make sure we can keep these great conversations flowing. Slavik, thank you so much. Thank you, Rebecca, and uh, have a nice day. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.